from the studios of One Jack's Productions. This is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, well, welcome back uh, to another episode of The Revealing. I'm Pastor Frank from One Baptist Church. I'm here with uh, our Praise Leader, Chris Wing. Yeah, hello. Hello, hello, sir. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year yeah, to you. Yeah. And I'm here with uh, our, uh, we, we had a, we had a uh, what, what, what do we want to say? Change of plans here. Change of plans. Yeah. Uh, our associate up. pastor uh, decided getting sick was a more interesting way to go about things yeah. uh, to kick off 2020. Uh, so we uh, we have our discipleship leader, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Martin, here with us. Hey, Jim. Hey, Frank. Great right. to be here. Chris, yeah. great to be here with great you guys. Great to be with yeah. you, brother. Yeah. Yes. All right. So um, let's uh, kind of rehash uh, just real quick uh, as we move in here, what we're talking about here. We're going to be talking about the second mystery uh, that uh, uh, God has laid down for us in the New Testament. Uh, as we talked about last time, there are seven New Testament mysteries uh, that are found in the Bible, and uh, we 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 uh, uh, are told in First uh, Corinthians four. Uh, Jim, Jim, why don't you go ahead and read it for us that First uh, Corinthians four one and two? Yeah. So, um, Word of God says in First Corinthians four one and two, "Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful." Yeah, so uh, obviously in that uh, in that passage, what Paul's telling us is that um, you know there there's some mysteries that God has provided for us uh, that we're to, we're to be uh, found faithful to, uh, and and we asked uh, the essential question last time. Uh, we said, how can we be found faithful to the mysteries of Christ uh, if we don't know what those mysteries are, or that they even exist? Uh, so th- what, uh, basically, what we're trying to do here is we're just trying to. Uh, Go about uh, looking at each one of these mysteries and, and just maybe uh, expose them as God exposes them uh, using expository preaching. <laughs> uh, going back off that first uh, study we did and uh, just kind of lo- really look at these mysteries. And, uh, you know, the first uh, one that we looked at uh, last time was that mystery of godliness. Uh, of course, First uh, Timothy 3.16 uh, says, and, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Uh, God was manifest in the flesh. And so uh, without going into uh, some, some major rehaul of that, uh, you certainly can listen to the last podcast to, to kind of catch yourself up on that. But basically what we're, what, what's being said there is, is that Jesus Christ uh, is, is, is not only uh, a human being that uh, walked on planet Earth, uh, but uh, the mystery of it all is that uh, he was God uh incarnate in a, in a little baby that grew up uh, and became a man and walked uh, planet Earth uh, to shed his blood for uh, all of mankind. And it was the blood of Christ, that, that, that uh, the very blood of God, that the church was able to uh, be uh, formed to begin with. And so obviously understanding that mystery uh, is, is a, a high priority for all of us to, uh, to grasp. Uh, certainly John over in 1 John talks about uh, the importance, and it's the spirit of Antichrist, to not understand that, that uh, Jesus was the Christ. Uh, he was God in the flesh. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll move on. If you, if you want to go back and listen to that first one, um, you certainly uh, should do so. Uh, but the second mystery today that we want to hit on is uh, <clears throat> the mystery of the indwelling uh, of, the, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and basically what, what we're uh, talking about here is, is that... Um, 
in an, in an unbelievable transaction uh, when we call upon the name of the Lord, we bow our heart in obedience uh, and receive his gospel, mm-hmm. uh, and we become, uh, as John 3, 3 says, born again. Mm. Uh, what God does, in, 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 in it is a gift, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 lets us know, uh, he indwells us with the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Spirit of Christ literally moves inside of us. Uh, and so, Chris, if you could for us, uh, just so we can grab the context of uh, where we're getting this from, uh, can you read for us Colossians one twenty seven? Sure. Colossians one twenty seven says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah, so the hope of glory, mm. uh, Christ in you, and and uh, what a what a, I mean, really, honestly, it's a it's an awe-inspiring thought to think uh, that Christ uh, indwells in us, and uh, you know, when I think about that, um, a couple of things obviously come to mind, but probably the the most prominent thing uh, is is the is the just in simple and just trying to wrap my brain around it in a simple manner is that God thought enough of me uh, to put his spirit in me. And, you know, I really think that if you really play that thing out long enough in your brain, (laughs) um, it gives you such a grateful heart toward toward him for what he did for us. Uh, But then uh, to be able to put his spirit in us so that he can empower us uh, to do his work is uh is just to me it's uh it's an awe thinking uh awe inspiring thought uh what do you what do you think chris what, what, what's your thoughts on this oh yeah i definitely agree with everything you just said but i mean the importance i think of this particular uh, mystery is is especially i mean when you think about these things i can't help but think of of and we've talked about this a little bit i think in the past but um dispensations because the way it works now is not the way it's always worked. And so, you know, you were hitting on the point of how how awe-inspiring it really is to think that at, at this time period that we live in now, or this dispensation, dispensation of grace, which is what Paul called it in the book of Ephesians, is that we get to have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And, and that's not what it used to be in the Old Testament, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, I think and that, that's the importance of this particular mystery is that it, it identifies the believer as a son of God. Without the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, we couldn't call ourselves uh, saved, and, and that's something that they just didn't have I- in the Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come upon people at certain times for specific purposes, and then would leave them. And I think of what uh, Psalm fifty-one eleven says, where David speaking here, he says, "Cast not away from thy presence, uh, cast cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me." Uh, it's because. This, this third person, the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, he worked differently in the Old Testament than he does now in the New Testament. And he would come upon people and, and, and for certain times in certain ways, and then he would leave them. But we now get this specific, unique gift of the Holy Ghost in this dispensation where we are actually indwelt with the presence of God Amen. that seals us and saves us. It's a very unique so time period that we live in. Just uh, just want to feed off that for a sure. second. And Jim, feel free to jump in anytime. But... Um, so why do you think David, the man after God's own heart, mm-hmm. would uh, say such a thing? Uh, why, why would the Holy Spirit leave David? Why couldn't the Holy Spirit indwell David? 
What, what do you think the, the, the issue was? Well, his sin hadn't been taken uh, care of. You know, in the Old Testament, they had to uh, sacrifice animals mm-hmm. to, and, and they would be counted righteous for obeying the law, which is what the dispensation was then, mm-hmm. versus now where Jesus was the sacrifice. So, so just make sure uh, we're on the same page here. So what we're saying then is uh, that in the Old Testament, because Christ hadn't died on the cross yet, mm-hmm. and because the, the vessel, if we could say it that way, this, 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 this vessel that we live in, our body, uh, was uh, still uh, uh, sin-laden, uh, Christ couldn't dwell in that right. broken vessel. Right, right. That broken vessel needed to be born again <laughs> so that uh, the, the indwelling of the Spirit could take place. Right. Now, I think that's an important uh, uh, distinction. Mm, definitely. Uh, because really that is, you know, answers uh, the question that I think I've heard a lot of people, and myself even thought of before I even got saved, was well, you know, God still loves me. He'll 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 just take care of me, and and I'll just be able to be with Him in heaven. You know, I'm not a bad person. Mm-hmm. The issue is not about you being a good person or a bad person. The issue is about you being a vessel where the Spirit could dwell in or not. That's the issue. Sure. Um, what do you think, Jim? What what's your thoughts on this? Well, again, this is so so important, uh, especially as Chris said in this dispensation. Uh, Pastor, when when I think about that God, the creator of all things, resides in tabernacles and dwells within us, um, it's one of those things that is hard to explain, right? But um, if the word of God is the word of God, then then we are going to believe what it says. Um Again, not only is, is the indwelling of, of God personal, but it's also permanent. And, and key, I, key, I, key, key component. Yeah, and so, so I just, as you two were talking, I, I turned to Ephesians 1, yep. uh, verse yep. 13. Yep. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Okay, That's the key, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, you were sealed. Mm. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So there's some permanence to that. And then the, uh, uh, another verse that comes to mind is in Ephesians as well, uh, chapter 4, verse 30, mm-hmm. where it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Mm-hmm. So kind of kind of kind of beats that whole thought of you can lose your salvation doesn't it th- that that's it so 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 as, as we as we live today in this dispensation we don't have to to be like david mm-hmm. where i'm not uh, please god don't take your holy spirit from me oh, holy spirit can't leave mm-hmm. uh w- he's in dwelt now, with you can us. grieve him oh you can sure. grieve him sure you can grieve him but he's not going to leave you once you know because i think the deal there right and and uh i'm just kind of go off of your thoughts there uh, Jim, is that uh, if, if if the Holy Spirit can leave us, then we had to do something to get him. Th- th- that's right. And, and if he can leave us, then I guess we can lose our salvation, right. which is that whole big topic topic of eternal security. Sure. And and so if you're listening today, man, just know that if you have believed and received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. you are sealed mm-hmm. unto the day of redemption. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about losing your salvation or eternal security. Yeah, that's the key uh, 
to this particular mystery is that it's and read it and we read it in uh, Colossians one twenty seven just a minute ago when I read that verse. But this is about be Christ being in you. Um, it's about that first step or stage, if you will, of our salvation, which is justification. Mm. You know, th- I have been saved, and so because now I am saved and the Holy Ghost indwells me, I am sealed until the day of redemption. I cannot lose that. I am eternally secure in that. But I think what happens in in the church today by and large is people just they don't understand how salvation works completely you know it's it's they when they come to these different doctrines and it's a false doctrine to think that you can lose your salvation that you're not eternally secure it's a misunderstanding of the three tenses of our salvation i think we might have talked about this a little bit uh, in previous podcasts but if not um, just give a a reminder of it now this is about being justified in other words i i have been saved Mm. okay but where people and that happens the day you call upon the, the day you call upon you are justified yeah uh, in you believe and receive that gospel that right. Jim was talking about right. and so people will then when that happens they they misunderstand what the next step is which is sanctification mm. that's where we work out our salvation with fear and trembling yes. mm-hmm. yep. that's the work that we do and that does qu- require work it does require and work. that is the work that we're going to be judged on at yeah. the judgment seat of Christ but it's not for salvation. Not for salvation. That's already been done and paid for. Yes. This is the work we do in the body of Christ, which is we're going to talk about next time. But th- the confusion between those two is, is is greatly important because it has everything to do with, well, can I lose my salvation and eternal security? And and one thing that I would add is, and, and, and I know Pastor, you and I have talked about this, is we cannot work for else our salvation, but that, that's justification. The sanctification part is all on us. And and when we are doing the work of the Lord, not for salvation, but because of mm-hmm. salvation, okay, mm-hmm. it, it it is a it is a natural evidence of our faith that that we should, or a corresponding action that we should want to serve Him, glorify Him, and and make His name known um, to a lost world. And 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 for me, um, ag- again. Being in, in, in discipleship is is that's how you build someone up in their faith, is is by them understanding the importance of being indwelt, and uh, having that having that Holy uh, Spirit with you at all times, guiding, directing, giving you that dunamis, dynamite power mm-hmm. to do the work of the Lord. Yeah, Amen. You know. <coughs> I think when we're talking about, you know, people may be listening here and they may say, well, wait a minute now. Hold on a second, guys. You, you, we all know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Mm-hmm. You know, for by grace you are saved through faith and then not of yourselves. You know, um, and, and I think everybody probably can quote that. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and certainly that's, that, 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 that's, what we're, that's what we're trying to get at here is that that is the justification. That justification part, it, it is a gift of God. It's nothing we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we did anything, if I could say it that way, is what we need to do is believe and receive. But it's the, 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 what we're believing and receiving is the work that Jesus did on the cross, if you will. Okay. Um, now, <clears throat> as, as true as that, that is, that's that justification. But now, as Chris was just talking about, but, but, but that doesn't end there. Now we need to move on to the sanctification stage, where we're, and that word sanctification means to be set apart. Uh, God's taking these broken vessels, which he has uh, saved, if we uh, have believed and received, and he's pouring water on it, if you will, the word of God, and he's trying to transform these broken vessels 
into vessels, as as uh, Paul says, that's meat for the master's use. Mm. And, you know, we, we, we can quote that Ephesians 2, 8, 9 verse quite a bit, uh, but what we're talking about right now is verse 10 <laughs> that often most people will not go to or, or realize that the very next verse, uh, after Ephesians 2, uh, 8 and 9, verse 10, Paul says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath been ordained that we should walk in them. So that's what we're talking about. God is, is, cre- is creating a workman mm. that is now meant to do the work that he did when he was here in his body. Which can only be done by the Holy Ghost that indwells us. Can yeah. only be done that way. Absolutely. First Corinthians 2. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we couldn't even understand it. Right. If we didn't have the Holy Ghost inside of us. Mm-hmm. So th- there's no doubt. And, 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 you know, I think that it, one of the most fascinating parts about this uh, indwelling uh, of Christ in us, really, I think what, what we want to do here, if we could, is we need to turn our attention to... Um, an Old Testament uh, pattern uh, that that uh, really shows forth the unbelievable truths of all of this, and and, and that pattern is found in the tabernacle. Mm. Uh, so uh, Moses, uh, after he uh, delivers Israel out of Egypt uh, through uh, through through uh, the work of God, right? Uh, he 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 goes up into the the mountain for forty days and forty nights, nights, uh, and 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 it's there he receives the Ten Commandments. Uh, everybody knows that. Okay, but there was something else he received while he was up there, right. and the other thing that he received up there was a pattern, uh, and that pattern was the tabernacle, as he tells us many many times uh, in in Exodus and in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy especially, uh, was patterned after something in heaven. Mm. Uh, so there is a heavenly temple, if you will, that uh, was supposed to be pa- patterned here on earth. And, and th- this tabernacle is a, a, a very, very important uh, aspect to understanding this indwelling spirit because the whole point of the tabernacle to begin with was so that God could dwell yeah. with his people. Right. That was the whole point of it. Okay, so there, there, God wasn't doing anything just for fun. Mm-hmm. And the fact that every minute detail of that tabernacle is very, very clearly laid out uh, in, 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 in Exodus. And I would go in every minute detail of every sacrifice that was to be done in that tabernacle was laid out in Leviticus. Uh, it, it really does tend to tell us that God's pretty serious about this dwelling with you thing. Uh, he, 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 he does expect uh, all those that were to enter into his uh, uh, holy of holies to be cleansed, consecrated, uh, sanctified. Uh, matter of fact, uh, if, if the high priest were to enter into the area where the Ark of the Covenant was and wasn't properly cleansed, uh, what would happen to him? He'd die. He sure would. He would die. Yep. So, so obviously God takes this thing of dwelling uh, with his people very seriously. And, I mean, you, bring, you can bring wrong sacrifices. Just ask 
our boys Nadum and Abihu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can bring improper. Uh, 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 you, know, you cannot be sanctified. You can you can be unholy. You can be uncleansed. You can be defiled. Um, you know God God makes very clear indication: don't bring un, uh, undefiled things into His presence. But yet, some for some reason, we get into the New Testament, and uh, New Testament Christians think God forgot about all that. And that doesn't matter anymore. Christ saved us. We're good. Every, everything, everything's hunky-dory. Well, uh, listen, there, there is a measure of truth to that. Christ certainly does take broken sinners, and, and he certainly does cleanse them of their sin. But, but if you just stop right there, you're, we're never going to understand what it means to live a Christian life of, of Christ in you. Either of you guys, guys want to jump in on that? The important key there is is that whole thing about dwelling. I mean, and so the tabernacle. I mean, I think you quoted, uh, or we've talked about before, anyways. John one fourteen is when yes. Jesus came. Yes, he came and dwelt with us. He tabernacled with us. Which is, is the l- word what there. that word dwell right, means to, to to dwell. And in the Old Testament, it would be that word Shekinah. Yep. That I think we, we're all familiar with where God in the Old Testament. And, and it just drives point further the importance of dispensations is that God worked the same way as far as His plan in the Old Testament yep. as he does in the New Testament, but how he works that plan with different people at different times and dispensing his grace changes. And so that blueprint, that plan for the tabernacle and how you said every minute detail of, of how the tabernacle was uh, put together and uh, the sacrifices that were done in it, that <coughs> that plan stays the same in the New Testament as Christians, only now it's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. That's mm-hmm. the difference where it changes in the dispensation. So that, that whole ideology of, of, of dwelling God has always sought to dwell with his people. And the way he did it in the Old Testament was the, through the tabernacle, which then became the temple, which is now why in 1 Corinthians it talks about how we are the temple yeah. spiritually. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read those two verses real quick, Jim, and then I'm going to let you jump in here, okay? Okay. So, so what we're talking about here, so understand the tabernacle in the Old Testament, uh, by the time we get to the time of David, uh, it becomes the temple. So when we're talking about the tabernacle and the temple, you're, you're talking about the same thing. Right. Uh, and so when we get to First uh, Corinthians, uh, Paul gives us some really uh, important insights on this whole indwelling uh, Christ in you. Uh, and in First Corinthians chapter three, uh, starting in verse number uh, sixteen, uh, Paul says this: Know ye not that you are the temple of God, mm. and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Mm-hmm. And then in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 6, he says uh, uh, here in uh, verse number 15, Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I take the members of Christ and make the members of a harlot? Uh, God forbid. Uh, and he talks about how, uh, again, uh, in verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, so this is where we're getting this idea of this indwelling spirit uh, takes residence up in our temple, if we will, and our body being the temple. And that temple now needs to no longer glorify self, uh, because, by the way, that's what we did prior to salvation. Now, uh, our temple needs to do what the purpose of the of the church is, Ephesians three twenty one, and that's to glorify God. 
Uh, and, and so this whole thing of being holy, uh, of being consecrated, of being sanctified, of being set apart, uh, of, of having an undefiled temple. Uh, First Thessalonians chapter 5 is mm. very uh, uh, prominent about this. If, if you wanted to jump over there and take a look at that if you're listening. Uh, so, so, Jim, uh, let's talk about that for a little bit, this whole idea of 1 Corinthians 3 and 6 and this temple being in us. Yes, and, and I was thinking about the tabernacle, right? I'm thinking about Moses when he went uh, up to the mount and got the Ten Commandments. Obviously, he got a, a pattern of what the tabernacle was. And, and Chris was right, very, very specific, right? Very, very detailed. Um, but what is neat is, uh, especially in Hebrews, where, where it talks about how uh, that tabernacle made with hands was just a shadow yeah. of, of, of really what the heavenly yeah. tabernacle was all about. Which, which by the way, is there right now. It, absolutely. It, it, it's there. Everything we're doing down here is a mimic Yes. something that's uh, that is, that's in heaven. heaven. It's a picture of something that's actually real in heaven. Yes, and, and, and so I'm thinking about that, and for me anyway, it's a sober thought of, again, the God of the universe residing and dwelling inside of me, and I really have to, to, to really yeah, be introspective and check my walk mm-hmm. because everywhere I go, I'm taking him with me. Mm-hmm. Everything I hear He's hearing the same thing. Mm. Everything I'm looking at, he is seeing it through my eyes. And so that temple is, is supposed to be a place of holiness, mm. of consecration. And Peter, be ye holy, for I am holy. Yes. And she quotes from Leviticus, which right. is a book that's all about that. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think about that, and I think about what a responsibility that is that that God would would want to dwell with me because he mm. always wants to dwell with his people mm-hmm. that he would want to dwell uh, within me give me power and yet still gives me free choice to exercise it yeah and and and, and that that's the sobering part sure and and that's where that sanctification comes in to where um, you have to set yourself apart uh, you know God can't do that work o- only we can uh, God does the work of justification. We do the work of sanctification. And so we have to make a conscious effort as, as the, the temple of God to separate ourselves and be holy and be separated and be consecrated. And I know we're talking about terms where people might say, hey, you're, you're kind of being legalistic. Um, if it's in God's word, uh, I mean, if he calls us to live righteous, if he calls us to live holy, there's nothing legalistic about that. And so, um, for, for me, it's, it, again, it's just a sobering thought, um, and it really should be on the forefront of our minds as, as we think and do and see and walk that God within us is being exposed to those things as well, both good and bad. Yeah, maybe it makes me think of Second Corinthians 6, which adds just another layer to that, those uh, verses you read, Pastor Frank, and what you just said, uh, Brother Jim, where it says uh, in Second Corinthians six sixteen, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The responsibility just becomes greater, like you said, where now that we are the temple of God, there's something we have to do that we're expected and commanded and called to, mm. that purity, that holiness. You know, You know, and I think um, it's a, that's an interesting verse there uh, because when I uh, think about that verse, uh, you know, he says, and, and I will... 
dwell in them and I will walk with them. Well, what does that mean? I mean, that's, mm. that, that, that's, uh, we can't just blow that off as, whoa, whoa, whoa yeah, that sounds nice. He's going to walk with us. Oh, whoa, whoa, we'll walk with him next to the beach or along the ocean. <laughs> oh, time out, time out. There is something far more uh, important being said there uh, when he says that I will walk with them because, uh, you know, like Enoch walked with God and he pleased God. Enoch uh, in the Old Testament is a picture of the church. Right. And, and so what does it, what does, you know, often we see walk in the spirit <laughs> so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of walking, what, what, what is it that God's trying to uh, uh, expound to us so that we understand what it means to walk with him? Jim? Yeah. Any no, thoughts, sir? Yeah. No, my, my thought on that is, man, it takes action. Yes. It takes action to walk with God. You can't be stagnant. You can't be sitting. You can't be inactive. You have to be motivated. You have to be in action. You have to move because our, our, our relationship with God is a walk. Because if it's not a walk, I'd question if there, if there actually is a relationship. So you mean I can't just come to church on Sunday, sit in a pew, and go home, and everything will be okay? Well, you know what? Uh, th- th- that's the first part. Uh, but, uh, you know, we could be hearers of the word, but uh, there comes a point in time where we have to be actual doers of the word. Yes, we're walking. We, yes, and we have to actually walk our, our, our salvation. We have to work it out. We have to walk it out. And, and um, it I has to th- be evident. And I do think it's interesting that he uses that analogy of walk because that requires your feet yeah. to move, move forward. That's it. Right? And and so, um, you know, when you think about Christ in you, uh, and we can really break this down and make it easy, right? Because if 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 He's going to walk with us, and we're going to sit here and go, "Oh man, that's an overwhelming thought." What does it mean to walk with God? Well, it's pretty simple, actually. You want to know what it means to walk with God? Just find out what Christ did. Where did He walk? What did He do? If you knew what Christ did, then you know what God did, and you know you know what it means to walk with God. Because certainly, uh, Christ uh, was here to do the will of the Father, uh, and He walked with God. I don't think we uh, any of us are going to argue. I mean, He was God, but you get the you get the the the, the phraseology there. And, and so, what was it that Christ did when He was here? Well, John seventeen very clearly, uh, you know, verse six. He he won people to the Father's name. He manifested the Father's name in people. Uh, we would use, we would say we winning people to Christ. Uh, verse 8, uh, he, he gave the words which the Father gave to him, and he taught them to his disciples. We would call that discipleship. And then in uh, verse 18, uh, he, he, he sent them out to do the same. And, and that, there's where we get that whole analogy, especially here at One Baptist Church, where we're saying, hey, our whole purpose as a as a as a church and not just one baptist church but this is the purpose of the church is to win people to christ build them up in their faith and send them out to do the same thing there is no plan b there is nothing else we should be doing that's it and why we come to church that whole assembly thing why we do that is so that we can be uh uh prepared for the work of the ministry I think that will become all of this will become very obvious as we get into the next sure. particular yep. uh, mystery. Yeah, I think mystery two and three kind of oh, they, they all go, go they together. all go hand in hand, truthfully. Sure. But definitely two and three go hand in hand. No and, doubt. And the, and I think the key one of the key things is because you're talking about walking, 
um, there's a couple of things, really. Um, in order for us to walk with God, there's a requirement for how that's to be done, obviously, but uh, we have to follow. We, we can't... Well, obedience. We can't get ahead and just think, well, we just we got this walk that we have to do. It's all about what we're doing. You know, the w- in order for us to walk with God, we have to actually follow him. And, 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 and I was thinking the same thing, Chris, uh, when Pastor was just talking about that, was there has to be some obedience. Sure. Not, not some. There has to be all obedience because either he's God or he's not because he cannot be Lord unless there's obedience, right? So there, there, there's... Well, there's and that's, that's the whole point of the word Lord. Yes, Correct. Yeah, he, either he's master or he's not. Yeah, either he's lord of everything or he's lord of nothing. Nothing, right. And and so there, there has to be obedience, but there also has to be, on the part of the believer, there has to be humility. Sure. Uh, understanding that... that, that, that too. He, that, yes, that, that I am going to obey the word, uh, and, and obeying the word means that I have to put aside my thoughts, my 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 feelings, my presuppositions, and, and really come to a place of where... Uh, I let God clean the slate, and then I follow after him. But again, it only, only can come through obedience and through uh, true humility. And, and there is where the, where the true walk is. Sure. Because, again, I- I- as we've talked about uh, before, worshiping God is, is, is how you live your life. And how you live your life is, is, is do I obey the word or, um, y- y- you know, not only obey the word, but but am I humbling myself? Am I dying to self daily? And am I allowing him to be on the throne of my life versus maybe me or the world or Satan or wh- whomever else to be on the throne of my life for that day? That, ma- that makes me think of, you know, uh, what's the actual job of the, the Holy Ghost to do? Why, mm. When Jesus sent him, he sent him for a purpose, and his actual job is to testify of Jesus. Right. So if we are walking the walk we're supposed to, right, Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, which is different than being dwelt by the Spirit, because that's where I think, Pastor Frank, you said earlier, we, we can grieve and quench the Holy Spirit, which is we, we ha- are indwelt by Him, but we, we don't have to walk after the Spirit. If we, if we choose not to, we can walk after the flesh. That's where the whole Galatians 5 thing comes in. And if we're, if we're Galatians 5.16, it says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because if we're walking in the Spirit, we're being filled with the Spirit, we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's what we're called to do. And uh, Galatians 5.22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And in verse 25 it says, If we live in the Spirit, we'll also walk in the Spirit. So this whole thing about walking, if we're actually being filled with the Spirit, allowing Him to do that work through us, what he is ultimately going to happen is what we've just been talking about it's going to testify, our lives are going to testify of Jesus because that's what the work of the Holy Ghost is to do in us. But we have to yield to that. Yeah, and I think uh, when you're saying that, something kind of uh, just jumped out at me. Uh, you know, I think of uh, where, where Isaiah 11 talks about the sevenfold Seven, yeah. uh, yep. uh, ministry yep. of the Spirit. And if you look at this, uh, and if you go to Isaiah 11 uh, verses uh, 1 and 2, you'll see this. But if you look at the, some of those uh, uh branches, if you will, of, of, of the ministry of the Spirit. It, it's a spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge. <laughs> Those are all things. Uh, wisdom of, of uh, wisdom of who? Uh, of Christ. Right. Wis- counsel uh, uh, from who? Uh, of Christ. Knowledge of who? <laughs> of Christ. Like, this is what the Holy Spirit's function, uh, you know, each, each one of the Trinity has a, a primary function that, that uh, they... That, 
you know, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost uh, uh, helps us to understand uh, and, and wrap our brains around what the Trinity is, because that's a very difficult concept to understand. Uh, the three and one, but uh, the way that the, the way that God does this is, and the way He breaks it out is, He breaks it out is, well, this is the role of the Father, this is the role of the Son, this is the role of the Holy Spirit, and this will help you understand that when all three are functioning as they should, in 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 us, if you will, then then God gets His glory because when all three are together, that's when God's in all of His glory. Right. You know, <clears throat> let's let's we got about ten minutes here. Uh, Jim, I want to jump back off and piggyback off, if I could, off something you said. And uh, let's see if we can uh, kind of wrap it up with this. Um, you know, we have to walk in Christ. There's a, we, we, obviously, there's plenty of verses to, 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 to back that up. But, but you know, that, what happens, Christian, when that walk takes us somewhere we don't want to go? Mm. then what do we do um and what i mean by that is jesus uh when talking to his disciples and he talks about uh what it's going to require to follow him uh he's very very clear on the fact that it's going to require giving up mother and father picking up a cross to follow him daily by the way cross being an instrument of death mm-hmm. um, if we're you know if we're going to follow i mean certainly walking you have to follow i mean you can't stand still okay if you're going to follow somebody you have to walk uh, you certainly can't get ahead of them or you're not following anymore right uh and so my question is as as i think about this uh this idea of of the indwelling christ in me is well what happens when Christ, who wants me to follow him, is taking me somewhere that Frank doesn't want to go. <laughs> yeah. Now what? Yeah. yeah. I'll start by saying this. You know, people will say that, that Jesus is my co-pilot mm-hmm. or, or I, I'm, I'm going to let Jesus, uh, you know, take the wheel, right, or that, that, that song. <laughs> um, man, you know what? We, we shouldn't even be in the front seat. Um, if he's driving a bus, uh, we should be in that back seat. Um, and, and really what we have to understand is, is in, again, there's a faith component to this, that he is God, um, that, that he is sovereign over all things, that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, and that whatever plan that we think is best for our life is, is, is nothing to him, right? His thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. And so there has to be a faith component of the fact of if, if, if God says, Jim, I want you to sell all that you own and go over to Malawi, Africa and, and minister over there, and if he is impressing that on my heart, there comes a, a point, and, and this is where choice comes in, there comes a point of am I going to obey and do what God wants me to do or am I going to do what Jim wants to do because if I do what Jim wants to do, then guess who's on the throne, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so for me, yeah, there may be times, and there is a cost, and, and, and Pastor, you mentioned this, there is a cost to following him where we may have to give up friendships and family members and, and relationships and careers and hobbies, and, I mean, the list goes on and on, right? Um, 
But at the end of the day, either he's Lord or he's not. You know, and I think the thing that, you know, so if I was a, if I was a new Christian, a babe in Christ, or, or, or someone who didn't really know a whole lot, or, or if I was unsaved, and I heard somebody say that, I'd be like, man, I don't want to follow that. Who wants to do that? That's just, there's, well, why, would I, why would I want to do that? Like, there's no, what, what, what's the point of that? Well, it, 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 the, the point of it is, is that when you realize that you're not your own and that you've been bought with a price, um, it, it, it changes everything. When you realize that transaction of, of Christ who uh, w- was, was made to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we could become the righteousness of God in him, when, when you realize that, that, that he took on our sin, took on my sin specifically, and gave me his righteousness. So when God sees me, he doesn't see sinful Jim. He sees righteous Jim only because of, of Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on that cross. When you realize that, it, it, it's, it's, it's not um, something that you do out of trying to earn something. You do it out of love. There's an action in that walk is... Is, is all out of love because we love him only because he first loved us. Yeah, the whole thing makes me think of an analogy. Uh, maybe it's a stupid one. I don't know. You guys can tell me. But just, as a hu- just to humanize it, if, I, if to, for understanding's sake, maybe more simply, it's like if somebody saved your life, you know, they took the bullet for you or something happened where they just they, they pulled you out of this uh, danger and they saved your life, What's the automatic response to that? You feel indebted to that person for what they did for, for you. For life. Yeah, like you, I can never yes. repay you for what it is that you did for me. I just, whatever you say, whatever it is you want me to do, I know I'll do it. You just tell me, you know. There's that, that feeling of, uh, of, of being indebted to that individual for what it is that they did for you, something that you could never repay. And, and I think maybe in some small way that maybe help uh, to understand what, what it is we're talking about here what, with what, when we get indwelt by the Holy Spirit and what, what that cost is, it, it, it requires sacrifice. Yes. And so, and so if, somebody, if somebody did that for you, I mean, would you say, man, I really love that guy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> right? And, and so that, 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 that's where, you know, John, I think, is, is, uh, comes to our rescue on this one. You know, where he says in 1 John 5, 3, for, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. See, if we look at his commandments as grievous, as if he's uh, trying to be a, uh, a master over us, is he master? Yes. Is he trying to lord over us? No. Because he even says, you know, that, that a disciple's not above his master, right? Right. But, but he even says that he becomes a servant to all. He came not to be served, but to serve. And so the, the point that we have to all understand is, is that what it is, the walk that, that God is trying to get us to walk as he indwells in us, the walk that he's trying to get us to walk is uh, not set a set of rules that we just need to follow because, oh, well, that's what he told us to do. No. And this is a thing, you know, that, that just blows my mind. He loved us so much that he wants to share his glory with us. Mm-hmm. And it's only in doing what it is he's asking us to do where we can earn 
what needs to be earned so that he can share his glory with us. And if we would just see what he's trying to tell us, man, we see the problem is the way Satan has got this thing devised is he makes us, he makes us think that God is just this big tyrant sitting on a throne trying to make us uh, follow and, and do the things that he, you know, that, that he's telling us to do when the reality is, no, God is sitting on the throne and he wants to share the throne with us. Yeah, and, 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 and that's nuts. And, and, and what we have to view, and, and, and this is really what we should view, right? If, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just John, use that sure. right? Yep, your commandments are not grievous. Okay, we know that. So, so we're doing it out of, out of love. We're doing it out of reverence. We're doing it out of. The well, what was a, what was one of the other seven spirits of the Lord? The fear of the Lord. That, and, and, and fear, I, that fear is that reverence thing. That's it. And 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 actually, I was still there, and I was going to make comment of of that. Is is that is the fear of the Lord? That reverence in in respect to to say, hey, you know what? I'm commanding you to do this, but you still have, you still have a choice. And, and, and you know what? These choices that we make will ultimately have eternal consequences at the judgment seat of Christ. You know, Jim, and really, honestly, for me, there's been, a, there's been a bunch of different milestones in my Christian walk where just as I think back, I go, oh, man, I remember the day when I, remember, when I figured that out finally, mm. when I finally got that. Mm. And for me, one, one of them is, 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 is this, this whole idea of at some point, as a Christian, we have got to get to the place where we know and understand that God only has our best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. He, he, he is the one that created us. He knows everything there is to know. So at some point, <laughs> we just got to go, you know what? God, I don't know that I understand it all. I don't know that I even get it all. But darn it, mm. I'm just going to take you at your word, and I'm just going to trust you. And maybe along the way, I'll you know, while I'm in this life, I'll figure it out. Maybe I won't, but I'm going to trust you because I know that when I'm with you, and when I do figure it out, I'll look back and go, oh, mm. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. At some point, man, you know, faith, faith has to be higher than our minds can take us. You know, that, that is what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. You know, we don't have to hope in Christ. Yeah. Christ is not a hope. Uh, understand that word hope. hope that, that, that word hope in the Bible uh, is very clearly evidence to uh, some, an expectation. It, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that's for us Christians today, man, honestly, uh, man, there's some things we just maybe we don't understand right now. That's okay. Just, just if man, if Christ is calling me to do it, just do it and, and trust Him. And you know what? It may not be easy. No, it won't be. It definitely won't be easy. <laughs> and, and it's going to take us out of our comfort zone. And definitely going to take us out of our comfort zone, especially here in America, where where things are are very are at our fingertips. And, and there may come a point in time where he he asks us to to do something that that is is again uncomfortable. Um, but we can do these things with the power of the the Holy Spirit. We can do these things that indwells us. It, it's not it, it, it's it's not like it's not like we can't do it in, in our own strength and our own might. Of course, we cannot do it. 
but with the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of God within us, um, he, he's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. We just have the privilege of being used uh, and being that vessel, as we talked about earlier, uh, of, of being used to accomplish uh, his will and his goal. Um, and ultimately, we know what that is uh, at One Baptist. We, we love to say the, the work of the Lord is, is win, build, and send, as Pastor Ed mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's the coolest thing. When you guys are just talking, it made me think of, um, well, this life's not going to be easy, but the, the cool thing is, is that no matter how difficult it gets, we have the joy of the Lord mm. you Amen. Know, because of that Holy Ghost that's in us. That no matter how hard it is, we still take joy in the fact that we know that if we're eternally minded, we have the right perspective. We know that in the end, we're going to be with him. We know that the troubles and, and difficulties and temptations and struggles of this life are not where it ends and because it, we haven't even begun yet because we have that eternal perspective. We can have the joy. That's the difference between joy and happiness, yes. right? I mean, happiness is a, a finite, temporal, worldly thing, but joy is the eternal thing that we, we know that we hope for, right? Uh, that we have in Christ and, and knowing, and when we got that Holy Ghost in us, the power that raised God from the dead in us to uh, affect that work in us and to and make it possible for us to do that, though it's difficult, though it's a struggle, though it requires sa sacrifice and, and all these things, uh, I wake up with that joy that never goes away mm. because I have that right perspective. And once you have that Holy Ghost in you and you are baptized with that Holy Ghost, which is the baptism that you need to be saved, uh, you, you can have that joy too. And, and, and so it's, it's kind of ironic, but no matter how much you struggle, no matter how difficult it is, you still have that joy because you know in the end you're going to be with the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, so, okay, um, let's wrap this up. I, I think one more thought I would say uh, is this. Uh, you know, I learned at a young age uh, that the best things in life are the things you have to work for. Mm. When, when things are just handed to you, um, you don't have respect for it. You don't, you know, you, you almost become uh, arrogant, uh, self-righteous, or, or almost feel as if it's owed to you. For me, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a in a single family home, uh, and and we really didn't have much. My mom was uh, she worked uh, her butt off, uh, but you know we didn't have very much. Um, and anything I ever had in life uh, had to be worked for. Mm. Uh, and I just say that to say, you know, let's 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 take that thought pattern and, and bring it to Christianity for a second. Uh, listen, there's no doubt that salvation is a free gift. And, and I don't know there's anything more important than that uh, from our perspective. However, I would say, uh, but as far as our crowns and our inheritances and uh, having that proper wedding dress on in at the day of the marriage uh, with our husband Christ um, what do you want would you would you prefer it just to be given to you or or would you prefer putting the work into it mm. that 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 uh, just means so much more and, and listen at the end of the day maybe it doesn't mean so much more to us but I know it's gonna feel mean so much more to our husband it just makes sense if you stop and think about it. Christ, God, when he created man, 
he created man to fellowship with him. He wanted man to love him as much as he loved them. Mm. And there's no other way. Like, you know, how do I show my wife that I love her? Just say it. No, that's not going to get the job done. It's going to require me walking. Action has to happen. And, and I think that's what God's, when he tells us to walk in him, I think that's what he's talking about. What he's talking about is, hey, don't just tell me, show me. And by the way, just so you know, in the process of you showing me, in the process of you doing it, the weight of eternal glory for you is going to be so much more beautiful. There's a reward for, for, for showing him that we love him. Amen? Yeah, amen. 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 All right. Uh, okay, I think we uh, did a pretty good job on that one. Certainly, there's plenty more we could talk about. Uh, but um, next time, uh, we are going to be talking about our third mystery. Uh, and that third mystery could be found in Ephesians 5. Uh, basically, what that mystery is about is the mystery of the church. Uh, the mystery of the church. What, what, what is that all about? Uh, well, if you want to know, join us next time. And uh, we will certainly love to have you. Obviously, if you are anywhere in the Jacksonville area, uh, we, we, we invite you. We, we, we uh, plead with you. <laughs> come join us. Uh, come, come see, you know, uh, we don't think we're better than anybody else. Uh, we certainly don't think we have something better than anybody else other than we have the Word of God. Yeah, amen. And uh, if, you, if you have the Word of God, uh, you're in a good spot, and uh, we would love to have you come join us and, and, and grow with us and, and be a part of what we're doing. So uh, until next time, Chris. Yep. All right, Jim. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. I definitely well, we're going to have it. you next time too, I think. So. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, good. Look forward right. to it. All right, sounds good. Everybody have a good day. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Revealing a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor, Frank Silvaggio. Associate Pastor, Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.